Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Seary. Last week we looked at how when someone gives unclear messages or tries to drop some subtle hints, they're often misinterpreted by the Left of Normal person. And then it's all the fault of the Left of Normal and not the person who gave the really crappy instructions to begin with. Instead, let's all just do better by saying what we mean and saying what we actually want. Today we'll revisit a topic that I've touched on a little bit in the past, but I've recently come across some more information on it. Now, throughout my entire life, I have really struggled with jobs. There are just so many rules and so many rigid expectations, and there's a whole lot of arbitrary, we do it this way because that's all, that's the way that we've always done it type of expectations. So a little side note here, if you're an employer and you have expectations set up that don't have a firm why or meaning behind them, you are setting yourself up for failure. This week's theme is all about employment, or rather unemployment and underemployment. The link I posted in the Facebook community on Monday talked about how 84% of those on the spectrum are unemployed or underemployed. The reason is largely what I've experienced in my own life. I have three kind of scenarios planned out here that I'll walk through. They're on-the-job situations, interviews for jobs, and job applications. So we'll start out with on-the-job ideas, on-the-job on, on scenarios. Back in the year 2000, I landed a job as a crew boy at Clydehurst Christian Ranch. It was the summer after my senior year of high school, and my friends Claycroft and Roger Dayton had been doing the crew boy gig for a few summers now. They encouraged me to apply, saying it was the best thing in the entire world. I figured a summer in the mountains with my friends getting paid less than minimum wage sounded great. So before I was offered the job, I applied and I waited to hear back. And then I waited and waited some more. And so finally I called to ask about it, and they explained that one of my references indicated that I had an anger problem, or I had issues controlling my anger. I racked my brain trying to think which reference would have said that, and why they would have said it to begin with, and started plotting my revenge against them in a very violent manner. Not really. I kind of played this off. Uh, I really did not have anger issues. I said they were probably referring to a short period of time after my mom had died and things were just kind of tough. And now as I look back, I realize it wasn't actually an anger problem they were, they were interpreting it as that, but it was a frustration problem that an outside observer an outside observer who didn't fully understand the left of normal thought process 
interpreted it as an anger issue. Us left of normals can often come across as rude or angry, but in reality, we're just deep in thought considering the joys of Sour Patch Kids. A uh, little side note, this actually came up later as well when I was working as a youth and family support worker for the Boys and Girls Ranch. My performance review said that I was rude or standoffish to a number of my colleagues. Mind you, these are colleagues that I saw for about three minutes every day. Well, they're rude and standoffish too if they're making judgments on me with such minimal interaction. Anyway, back to the crew boy job. The job kind of sucked. Uh, the veteran crew boys said it was way better in past years, but new rules and new leadership made it harder that year. For me, there were a variety of reasons that it was hard, but it came down to rules that had no meaning behind them and manual labor punishments that had no purpose other than to make us sweat. For example, the crew boys had a lights out slash no talking hour. Uh, sometime at night, after bedtime, it, we were treated as though we were very small children. I can't remember exactly when it was. It wasn't really late, though. It was maybe like 10 p.m., but I feel like it was actually even sooner than that. So at, after this lights out hour, and if you were caught out of bed with a light on talking or talking, you had to do extra work the next day. It wasn't a huge deal because we worked hard and we were usually tired at the end of the day. But I've never been a very good sleeper, and so to kind of calm my mind, I would often read before bed. Not for hours or anything, just a little bit of reading. So I tried to sneak under my covers with a headlamp on, and I would be reading my Bible. And I got caught and I received extra chores for my dedication to God's word. To make it worse, the crew boy counselors, the leaders of uh, the crew boy group, they would stand right outside the window waiting for us to slip up just so they could catch us and give us extra work. How about a better alternative of stay up as late as you want because you're not children, but if your work suffers from it, then you get some sort of sanction or punishment. Now, the extra work was also work for work's sake. It was things like, hey, move these bricks from this side of campus over to that side of campus. You can't use any tools. Don't use the gator or anything. You've got to carry them by hand. Once the job was done, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't like them over there. Move them back. It accomplished nothing other than to crush spirits, which may have a place in the military, but it's not for a 17-year-old who's making $65 a week. I only lasted a few weeks at camp. Another scenario was while working for the Boys and Girls Ranch as a counselor. Now, I'm not ragging on the organization itself. It does great work in the ministry with troubled youth. I am ragging on, however, the idiots who impose rules for rules' sake. One situation that I think about often for some reason was I took a group of three or four teen teenage boys. It was the middle of winter and we went down to the nurse's office. Uh, the office was all the way across campus and we had to pop in regularly for med checks and nothing serious, it was just routine. 
On our way back, we passed by the duck pond, which was frozen over with maybe four or five or six inches of ice on it. Teens being teens wanted to slippity slide around on the ice, and since these guys didn't get privileges to just be kids, I said to go for it. Just stay near the edge because the fountain in the middle can make the ice thinner even if the fountain's not turned on. And before I had them jump on, I tested the ice and made sure it was solid and wasn't cracking underneath us. And the pond itself is like two feet deep at the deepest spot. So we slid around for know, maybe 10 minutes. The kids had fun. Every one of them had a huge smile when we were done. And it's exactly what they needed and exactly what was going to help them in their treatment process. But from a nearby building, someone saw me and they reported it to the lodge leader where I worked. And at our next meeting, there was an announcement that a Fortin staff was seen letting kids go on the ice at the duck pond. And we can't do that. And then our quote unquote leader, I put that in quotes because it was one of the worst examples of leadership I've ever seen. Uh, more like petty junior high BS. She says, I heard, I heard that, and I thought, who could be so stupid as to let those kids go on the ice? And so I raised my hand, and I said, yeah, that was me. I've slid around on the ice my entire life. I've fallen through on more than one occasion. I tested the ice before they went on, and it was nearly thick enough to drive a car on. No kid would break through. They were completely fine. She very quickly backpedaled on calling me stupid now that she got caught demeaning her staff in front of the entire crew and she quickly cleared it up that we can't do that for liability reasons and then moved on if i was working in that job still i 100 percent would let the kids slide around on the ice again if the opportunity arose it was good for them Okay, well, let's move into interviews. We can come back to some of these stories about how workplaces fail to accommodate different ways of thinking some other time. I have interviewed for a lot of jobs. And every one of them that I go into, I'm given the same advice. Act cheerful, smile a whole bunch, be animated, etc., etc., so on and so forth. And every time I'm quite sure that I have come across as entirely and extremely phony, maybe even a little bit creepy, and just flat out weird. Because in the interview, no matter what position you're seeking, the interviewee is always attracted to those happy-go-lucky barista types that are just way too excited for life. Often, I'm very qualified for the jobs that I have interviewed for. They have little to no customer interaction, and yet my skills are judged based on how much I smile during the interview. And of course, there were blunders along the way on my part. One, I slipped up and said I was looking to go back go to grad school, and but they were looking for someone that would be in for the long haul. Once I 
accidentally slipped up and said that I needed 12 bucks an hour, and they said, well, that's certainly something you could work towards, but we're starting people at eight. This was a while ago where eight wasn't absolutely terrible, but you certainly couldn't live on it. And then there were others, like when I applied for a position at GE that I was very well qualified for, I managed to put on a good act throughout the entire interview process. I asked some good questions at the end, and I was told, we have a week of interviews, you're at the beginning, so it might be you know two weeks before we get back to you. And then two weeks went by, and then a third week went by. So I called, and they said something along the lines of they went with somebody else. At the very same time as that phone call, I jumped back on their website, and they had just reposted the opening for the job position that I had applied for that they claimed was filled by somebody else. Apparently, I wasn't even worth considering or giving me a chance or just straight out, they just straight out lied about it. I don't know. Probably that same reference that said I had anger issues popped back into my life 15 years later and said I still had those anger issues. Okay, I have a lot more of these interview stories. I can sprinkle those in here and there where it's proper. But right now I'm kind I'm strongly considering applying at various jobs and going through the inner process, interview process with more of like a sociological and psychological perspective. A lot more, less stress because I don't actually need the job, nor do I even want the job, but I could test out different interaction based, interactions based on my appearance or questions that I asked or just overall how I acted. I feel that that would make for a good read. That would turn into a fun book. Now finally we have job applications. I hate job applications. Probably the worst is that now that they're all digital, you have to use their drop-down menu system for every single job app. And you have to do it one click at a time, and it's just a tedious and cumbersome process. I have had a resume my entire adult life, and actually even back into my teenage years, I had a resume that nicely and succinctly tells all my information and what I do and what I've done over the years. Tediously filling out job application, just online, job applications online, just punishes those of us that actually have our shit together. I recall spending over an hour filling out an application for Starbucks. An entire hour. And I wasn't like goofing off. I was systematically working my way through their enormous process. I hit the submit button and received a pop-up that said the position you are applying for has already been filled. Didn't save my info. It didn't consider me for any other positions. It just said thanks for spending an hour of your life. Now piss off. Or another time where I applied to Sears back when Sears was still around and I had to apply twice back to back because you couldn't apply for more than one position in the same application process. So I applied for a sales, a floor sales position, and then I applied for an assistant manager position. A day or two later, I actually got a call uh, to come and interview, but it was for the sales position. So I went in, 
And as soon as I walked in, I told them, I said, I was actually more interested in the assistant manager position. I would prefer to interview for that one. Of course, that derailed everything. And we went through the interview process and I never heard back from them at all. The bottom line is I have applied to hundreds of jobs and I'm guessing my callback for an interview response is less than 1%. And then my job offers even after interviews is probably around 1%. I don't know if that's how everyone experiences these things, but when you're turned down for jobs like pushing a broom around for a construction company or working entry-level BS at McDonald's, you kind of begin to wonder what's wrong with you. So employment has always been a struggle for me, and now I've learned that it's actually a huge majority of left of normals, they struggle with this too. And honestly, I don't see things as ever changing. No matter how much awareness there is and how much we love our introverts and how much we understand people on the spectrum, it's always going to be the same. Whoever smiles the most in the interview gets the job. And so that's why I created my own job, where I work at my own pace. And I get paid to do the work when it gets done, not get paid to be at my desk for a specified number of hours per week. Autism doesn't need more awareness. Everyone is aware of it. Autism needs more acceptance and understanding. But that's a discussion for another week. For now, you have had a peek into, world, into the world where everything left is right, and if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community, and keep in mind that if you have anything to do with the interview process for any job out there, be aware of the clues that someone presents that shows that they may be on the spectrum and make decisions based on how well they comprehend the task at hand, not how many times they smile and make eye contact during the meeting. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.